What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. I am the Martian, joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy, to talk about this week's UFC card, headlined by Jared Cannonier versus Marvin Vittori. 14 fights going on from the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I'm joined by my co-host this week. What's up, Ozzy? How are we doing this week, my man? Very, very good. You know, I'm going to apologize to the listeners in advance. Got a little bit of a stuffy nose, but we march on. Um, last event of uh, of Gemini season coming up right here. So on, uh, what what are we? It's uh, the 18th? What, what's the day? 19th? What's the day of this event? The 18th. 17th. 17th. All right. The 17th, the last one. We're going to hopefully finish it out strong. We got a middleweight. You know how much I love middleweight. We got middleweight, top billing. Um, and a lot of fights, 14. So we're going to get through these fights, guys. Maybe not, you know, confident leans on all of them. But uh, let's see if we could uh, unearth some gold, agree on a few fights, and keep uh, some, some solid picks uh, coming, coming out. Yeah, I'm just realizing most of the card is lighter weight divisions. Got two middleweights, one 205, mm-hmm. one 170, but a lot of lighter weight classes. Um, and only one women's fight on the card, I believe, right? Yeah, so... Um, mm-hmm. Quick recap of last week. Canada card went well for all Canadians. Uh, I was definitely uh, off on some reads, specifically uh, Olichi Lang. Um, Ooh, I told you that one was a that guy was bad. Yeah, <laughs> the way yeah, the way he got knocked out too was funny. Um, Fugit was no good. I mean, the thing is, just Olichi Lang, you could just see like the guy's a he's a lunkhead, like not a not a guy you should ever be close to. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I think I started. I kind of morphed my my uh my analysis of Denat Bakarel into Alici Lang and kind of thought they were the same person for a while. Maybe that's what led to me uh being wrong nice. there. Um, and also um, I really don't regret Eric Anders, even though he lost. I think he did. No, yeah, he lost. No, solid fight. Belbita, Belbita was a lot. We we told everybody right. We said, hey, this girl, there's no submissions. That takes away Balbita's main weakness, hometown fight. Deanna Balbita, short number, lay it, lay it with conviction. And that got home. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Start the night off with some cash. Started ahead. Yeah, yeah. the underdogs did well on, I was on the prelims. Urkeg, Nelson, Zahabi, Jasmine. Urkeg, Urkeg. I did catch up some of the Urkeg. Urkeg, uh, Urkeg looked good. He did his thing there. I stayed away from that fight, but he did his thing there. He almost had that guillotine, right? He almost got yeah, it. and then you were on um on point with main event overs. Those were the sides there. I ended up joining in. There you look at that, dude. I mean, you can't if these Mexicans do not want to be finished, dude. You're not finishing. I came around. I came around, bro. Remember I, uh, on fight? Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I, you text me. Yeah, you text me. Um, but uh, what's it called? I mean, I'm gonna give credit to Menendez because she, you know, her her cardio conditioning, you know, she kept on the attack. She was she was trying to you know beat um, uh, Aldana up. But uh, but yeah, that was the that went well. Yeah, she did look good there, honestly. Yeah, um, and then uh, Charles, you know, you uh had a sneak. Charles had a sneaky uh, feeling. You, I told you, I I did, t- I texted you about it, right? I said sneaky, sneaky feeling, feeling, ITD, yeah, sneaky. Feeling. Yeah, Charles, ITD. I I oh, saw man. a sweet that video, was a, a sweet part. video of like these dudes celebrating in like the favelas of Brazil. It, it honestly mm-hmm. made it all kind of worth it. I mean, dude, Charles is a killer, man. The guy, the guy's a finisher. So he is. I mean, if you're thinking back in that fight, you, it kind of makes sense there. I thought maybe it'd play out a little longer, but you know, Benio just mm, controlling guys like that for over five minutes. It's tough when they're as dynamic as Charles Holden. Um, well, that's going to be enough about that card. We're going to move on to this week's card, 14 fights. We're going to start it off in the light heavyweight division. Modestus Bukakis taking on Zach Pauga. Um, can you uh, fix your mic real quick? You're getting a little echo. Um, sorry, but um, light heavyweight division here. Zach Pauga is the underdog, plus 170. Bukakis minus 200. Um, and you know, just doing some tape for this one uh, this week. I I feel really good right off the bat about Pauga first dog of the night. Um, and you know, Bukakis he did come in on short notice and defeat Pedro in his last fight. But that fight, Pedro, four minutes in, he's dead gassed. Even the commentary say it. They're like, it, they're like, is Pedro gassed right now in the first round? And he was. And Bukakis, uh, you know, definitely won the second half of that fight really easily. But he never pulled away. He never started pressuring Pedro. He never started. Un- unleashing a lot of strikes you know he had pedro dead to rights and 
he really only won the fight by a really thin margin. So this guy is now a minus 200 favorite against Pauga. While I think Pauga could have some success at distance here, I think he's going to be at a slight disadvantage at distance. But um, Pauga showed off some clinching against uh, Jordan Wright in his last fight, pushed him against the cage, used some nice knees and elbows against the cage. And Tyson Pedro was having success with that a lot. He was just pressuring Bukakis, getting his back to the cage and holding him there. So I think Pauga is going to come in here with a clinch heavy attack, have some success in the small cage and uh you know pin him against the fence maybe even win a little bit at distance i'm just really confident that bukakis does not cover minus 200 here so happy to take a, a bet on the dog to start things off uh what are you thinking about this one yeah i like zach pauga as well in this fight i mean i just when i look at mendeskis bukakis how he operates in the light heavyweight division unless he has like a, a stylistic advantage over a guy you know for example maybe a guy has bad conditioning, bad cardio, and I think that Bukakis could chip away and, you know, while staying mobile, uh, you know, use that advantage of his gas tank. Or maybe the other guy is, you know, a bad striker, but a good grappler, and all this guy has to do is, you know, defend the grappling, and he'll have a distinct advantage. But outside of that, there's not really a, a area where he dominates, you know, fights. Um, especially here, you got a guy in Pauga who used to be a heavyweight, so he's used to kind of like the power that those guys have. You know, I would say um, he he trains at elevation, he trains with heavyweights like Curtis Blades and a, you know a, a a bunch of different guys on the roster over there. And uh, I I think this is the first time um, Bukakis has been a favorite. Is that correct? Am, am I correct in saying that? I, uh, I, he was I'm a hurt. favorite to Michaelitis back in the day. Uh okay, interesting. Yeah, in that fight, I remember there was a lot of line movement as well. So whether that be a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But Michaelitis, uh, or whatever he was, fa- he was favored over Khalil Roundtree too. Well, That's you weird. know what? Yeah, but you know where I'm going with this in the fact that it's not like this guy's ever really over. He kind of has he overperformed. I don't know. Well, in never, his last never. fight, he did. In his last fight, he did. But point is, he's always been the underdog, okay? And he doesn't, like I said, he doesn't control the fight. He doesn't dictate pace. You know, he has good kicks and stuff like that. But, um, you know, he's had a, you know, horrible injury before in the cage. Uh, and I just like Pauga to, you know, be grimy, make it dirty if he needs to, maybe get a takedown if he needs to. Either way, I just see this fight playing out as close. And uh, I would definitely like to have dog money. You know, a guy at like 40%, right? We're getting plus, close, like plus 150, plus whatever it is now. Um, so it's been like that, plus 170, yeah. So it's been going up. So, and, you know, I liked it earlier. So I'm definitely down for uh, to start off the night with a dog ticket. Sounds good. We're going to go down to the Bantamweight division next. We got Ronnie Lawrence taking on Dan Argetta. Uh, Ronnie's the favorite at minus 180, I believe. Uh, Argetta coming back at uh plus 155 uh is this gonna be a rebound spot for uh for ronnie here ozzy personally i just feel like this is gonna be a a scrap you know i i mean i I don't know why people hate on dan argetta as much as they like they just really don't like the guy and you know when i saw him on the ultimate fighter i forget who who did he lose to on the ultimate fighter he lost to uh brady right was it brady or someone else it was brady i don't know he lost to somebody but he he looked good. It was a tough fight. Like no, Tercios. Tercios, excuse me. Yeah, I knew it was one of the guys in the fight. But it was uh, it was, it was a one one. Yeah, it was a scrap. It was a scrap. And Dangar again is always in scraps. And he's gone five rounds before, right? In LFA, he's gone five rounds. Um, he's gone three, you know, rounds with uh with Damon, you know, in the UFC. He's a tough, you know, nut to crack. And I believe he's a ninety three guy as well. So you know, we love that. Um, and I just think that he's probably going to put up a pretty good fight here against, uh, against Ronnie, you know, Ronnie's very mobile. I love how he moves in the cage. Um, you know, obviously we are in the apex this week, so we do have the smaller cage here. Uh, Argetta does have the wrestling background. So I think, you know, grappling wise, MMA wrestling, you know, and, and ground game, I do like Ronnie's, you know, game overall, but I, I respect, uh, Dan Argetta's as well. Yeah. He's spent, you know, time in bad positions against like Damon and stuff like that, but that's like short notice. And, you know, it's a completely different grappling style than, uh, that, uh, Ronnie has. So I think there's going to be a very competitive fight. I do think that minus 200 is, uh, is a little bit wide, but I do think that this fight probably goes to a decision. So uh, I like uh, goes the distance or over two and a half. Yeah, um, 
I think I think the line's about accurate, honestly. I think that uh, you know, you said the word scrap. I mean, I think it will be a competitive fight, but the fight is going to involve a lot of grappling, and these guys, I think, could see, uh, see them trading top position with one another. I think that if anyone's having striking success, I don't know, man. I, I guess I lean for it to be Honey Lawrence, but, uh, you know, the guy's not really a good striker of his own, right? So I think that this is just going to be close. Uh, I think that Ronnie's top game isn't that good. He's going to likely need a lot of takedowns here, which he can do. He can hit five, six, seven takedowns if he needs to, uh, but... You know, I just don't love that his his style that much. He ran into a brick wall in the last fight with Saeed. And then just looking over Ronnie's wins, I mean, they're pretty bad, man. Uh, Mano Martinez, Vince Cachero, Jose Johnson, I guess, is his best win. Um, so, I don't know. I think this is going to be a spot where Hani has to prove himself to me before I trust him again. Won't be looking to lay any juice on him. I do see this one going the distance, and it should be maybe competitive at times. I guess Hani decision is the outcome that I think. Danar get, Dan get it tough as fuck, dude. It's something he hard is. to finish him. No, That's yeah, gonna be hard to finish him. I don't think he's finishing. I mean, Damon Jackson couldn't even really finish. What is uh, Ronnie know, by decision? What is him plus one thirty? Plus one thirty, I think. You see, I think he was like even money or maybe minus one hundred five by decision over uh, Mana Martinez. Um, so I just feel like that goes the distance number is good. Yeah. Yeah, I think it should go. Um, next fight, only women's fight on the card. Women's flyweight, Teresa Blada taking on Gabriela Fernandez. Odds for this one. Um, Blada is the favorite, minus 220. Fernandez, plus 185. So, uh, Fernandez is like a you know big athletic woman. Got some nice offensive striking, but her takedown defense is atrocious. Um, you know, she was out striking Jasmine, looking good. One takedown, boom. Fight is completely changed. She sucks off her back. She can't get up. She can't stop takedowns. And, you know, I'm not really interested in betting her at any price until we can see that, especially against Blada, who is pretty reliable to go for takedowns. Rewatching her three or four most recent fights, she's shooting takedowns in all of these fights. And once she gets on top, she's looking to land ground and pound. She throws elbows on top. She uh, isn't even a bad striker uh, while it's on, on the feet. I, I could, I think that she will be slightly outgunned here on the feet, but uh, I think that she will get this fight down to the floor. And I honestly think she's got a good chance at, at uh, TKOing Fernandez here because rewatching her fights, she doesn't go for submission. She just throws ground and pound. She throws elbows. She goes, looks to get mount. And when she gets mount, she's th just throwing strikes. She's not looking to sub. So KO at seven to one on bet online. Maybe look for that to come out at a, an even better price on uh, DK or FanDuel. Um, and yeah, I mean, any, any woman who's going to attempt to take down against Fernandez, Fernandez, I think, has potential to cover massive favorite prices. So um, that's enough about this one. Any thoughts for you here? No, I think uh, Blada, I, I think Blada isn't going to finish. Blada, Blada, Blada. This is like the third Brazilian in a row for Blada or no? Am I wrong? Was her contender um, series girl a, a Brazilian as yeah, well? Yeah, I think so. Was any, her name is Maya. Yeah, so third Brazilian in a row, and I think she's gonna come get back mm -hmm. into the willing, willing, winning column here against this against uh Fernandez or Gabrielle. Oh, no, it's her fourth, Edna Oliveira. Four. It's her four fourth, wow. No, no, holy shit, bro, it's it's her fifth. Her fifth, you think that I didn't no, know? bro, no, hold no. on, I keep going further. It's no. six, it's six in a row, bro. It is fucking um, six Brazilians in a row for Blade. this girl. That's he's fucking. This girl eats Brazilian for fucking breakfast, dog. That's that's that that's what I was gonna. I, I, that was the you know what I was trying to get across to the listeners. And Bro, she's, she's finished a, a bunch of them, right? She has, and she's yeah. they're literally every stereotypical Brazilian last name: <laughs> Martins, Oliveira, Lima, Maya, Silva, Fernandez. Where which one, we, which one are we missing? Uh, I don't even know. Oliveira. Uh, no, she has one of those. Silva. Uh, she's got a Silva. She fought a. She's silver. got a yeah, Silva. Um. Oh, <laughs> Rodrigo, yeah, so. Rodrigo. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Um, all right. Next fight, another Brazilian flyweight, but this time in the men's division, Felipe Bunes making his UFC debut, <laughs> taking on uh, Zalgas Zumagulov, the Kazakhstani legend of the fight game. Uh, Zumagulov is the favorite, minus 175, Bunes plus 150. Any thoughts on Bunes here making his debut? I I'm going to call him Boons just because I think that's like a cooler, a cooler pronunciation. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not too sure. You know, I think the guy definitely has some skills. I, I, I think his grappling game is okay. I, don't, I just don't know how, how much, uh, how, how reliable he is to be able to get Zimagulov to the ground like that, uh, multiple times over the course of a three round fight. 
So I kind of think if I liked him, I would hope that, you know, he could get to a position that he could submit. But I also don't really know the numbers for uh, for what, uh, like, flyweight finishing by submission. I actually think I might be okay. Um, so maybe I would look at that. But other than that, you know, maybe dogger pass here. Just because Zumagulov, he's just weird, weird haircut. Hasn't, um, you know, had the fights get canceled. You know, retired, you know, has four wives. Weird guy. So I wouldn't want to lay juice on the man. You know, loses. You know, he's kind of like loses, losing those split decisions. And Boons is uh, Boons, Boons is uh, uh, who whose guy is he? He he's someone's guy, right? Who's uh, pitbull. He? pitbull. He's a pitbull guy. Um, you know, maybe the pitbull brothers are looking to get a stronghold into the UFC now. So you can never, you know, put it past the UFC sacrificing uh, Kazakhstan's finest. So I'll go with Boons. But maybe Boone's by submission. Yeah, I don't, I don't fully know what to make of this guy. I mean, he fights like kind of a wild man, doesn't he? I mean, he, mm-hmm. he's kind of his fights are a very you know high variance, I believe. Um, I don't think he's got like a consistent game that he's like goes to every fight. He he grapples in some, he strikes in some. He does have some pretty dynamic strikes with flying knees, spinning kicks. He he does throw a lot of spinning kicks. Um, and Zalgas, I'm just noticing like watching his fights over, his arms are so short that like. It kind of makes it tough for him to to like look like a favorite over a lot of guys because every time he's like landing punches to the head, he has to extend himself so far and he has to enter in the pocket and he's just open for counters because of that. So you see him punch into the body a lot to kind of avoid that just because he's so, you know, short and stubby. And I think that, you know, Buna is being, you know, longer, having some good straight shots. I think we could see Landon uh, on, on the chin as Zalgas here. Uh, I don't think that we'll see Buna hurt Zalgas with anything. I think if anybody's hurting someone with strikes here, it will be Zalgas. Um, and then uh, it's interesting, the cardio dynamic here, because Zalgas has been training for longer. Obviously, he was supposed to fight last month. Uh, Bunez is the one coming in here on short notice. Uh, but you got to think uh, if it was a full camp, you would think that, that Bunez would have the cardio advantage. Uh, Zalgas does tend to kind of fade in some of his fights, uh, you know, fights like uh, his one against um, Molina and against uh, Johnson. He was winning the first half of those fights and kind of let it slip through his fingers in the second half. So I don't Who's know, your man. pick? Who's your pick? Who's your pick? I'll go. Uh, I'll go Bunez as well, All just right, because, cool. especially at the price. I mean, you. I just don't think you could be Perfect. laying just juice on on Zalgas. Perfect. Um, Next we're, fight. We're, we're gonna yeah. stay in the flyweight division. Denise Bondar taking on Carlos Hernandez. Main event. Uh, Main odds event. Odds this one. Bondar minus one twenty nine. Hernandez plus one hundred nine. Um. You know, watching over Bondar, man. I think this guy has big fraud potential, uh, <laughs> just because. Uh, obviously, is one one UFC fight. You know, uh, Malcolm Gordon it looks like the much stronger fighter, which has, has never happened ever. Uh, and then, if you just look at his record, man, I mean, all these wins are, are over low level fighters. You got you look at some guys. Oh, this guy's got a good record. You click on his profile, and his wins are all over bums as well. So Bondar has been, uh, you know, given handpicked matchmaking, and this guy just starts the fights. He just looks like he has no idea how to strike, to be honest. Uh, I think that his entire game is to throw some blitzing strikes, get inside, take you down. And uh, I don't even think he's that good of a grappler, man. So on the feet, I think Carlos Hernandez has a big advantage over Bondar here. Uh, I don't think he'll be, you know, rocking him with punches at any point because Hernandez is not a big hitter. But I'm very confident that Hernandez is the much cleaner striker. And we've seen Hernandez get taken down and get up from some good guys. Uh, you know, most notably Daniel Perez. He got taken down there, got back up to his feet, had a really close, good fight with him. Oh. Same same story with Victor Altamirano in, in a close, oh. good fight there. And I just think that, you know, we've seen this guy deal with better grapplers than Bondar. So I think that that leads me to believe that uh, he's going to win the fight and he shouldn't be the underdog. Although I will say I'm going to be waiting uh, for a live bet here just because Bondar comes out of the out the gate so quick. I think he's going to probably land a takedown or two here in the first round. But I think the success is going to be short lived. Hernandez will get back up to his feet, start winning the fight and kind of run away with it in the second or third round. So I, I like Hernandez here. Wow, I, I love the dissertation here, Martian. I think, honestly, it's pretty on point, pretty accurate uh, with what's likely to happen here. Um, you know, Carlos Hernandez, he's kind of similar to, to the, the one of the guys that you said that he fought, Victor Altamirano. These guys have shitty takedown offense. They got no glutes. 
no ass, they do no deadlifts, no squats, none of that shit. Um, so they get, you know, they, they, they're kind of weak and they fold with, you know, like a, like a lawn chair. Um, but you know, they're active, they're throwing punches at you. This guy's got a lot of experience. He's got a lot of amateur fights. Um, you know, but I will say, you know, Bondar, I mean, first let's go with Bondar, you know, Bondar, the reason his elbow dislocated, obviously for, for, for people who are unsure is because obviously his arm got fucked up when <laughs> Malcolm Gordon was trying to armbar him. Right, he kind of like armbarred one arm, and this dude put in that other arm, and then he armbarred that arm. So he fucked up his arm, and then when he fucking tried to plant his arm, his shit was fucked up, and it popped. Um, so obviously, you know, one Bondar's tough because he's Ukrainian, right? He got. I heard a story. So hold on, let me look this shit up. Someone told me something about his house getting bombed in Ukraine, like before, like even before what's going on now is going on, like before that. You know, um, so he's tough, dude. He's mentally strong. I think he's training in Germany now in Peter Zabata Gym. Peter Zabata Gym, I heard, is called uh, Planet Eaters. That's a sick name. What do you think about that name for a gym, uh, Martian? Stupid. Planet Eaters. That's a pretty good. For merch, that would be great. Honestly, for you, bro, bro you're a Martian and you're, 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 you're downplaying your... You're uh, sleeping under the rug. You're pushing aside. You're saying that that's a bad name. That's crazy. But all right, whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm a, so I'm it, wildly, wildly successful MMA podcaster, bro. What, what is Bondar? That has nothing to do with Peter Sabata's gym. That's called Planet oh, that's right. Eaters. That's right. Okay, stay on topic. All right. So with so with this fight, yeah, I just think that maybe or definitely Carlos Hernandez over the longevity of the fight will have the edges overall but early on sometimes he's kind of maybe like a little bit of a slow starter doesn't win rounds that definitively so i could see bondar getting on this guy's back but carlos Hernandez is very fundamental um which i do like and i do think that usually against a guy like bondar um is it is effective um so live hernandez or pre i don't mind that much just because i don't think bondar could do anything to him that's gonna uh knock him you know shake him up and where he can't like recompose himself so he's been in a lot of t- close fights and i'll give him credit he's won a lot of them so yeah, I, I think i'm gonna go, go with carlos small or carlos small hernandez. hernandez before the fight Look and we get a way better price now right he was he was, hey, he was this favorite. has been going yeah this has been going towards bondar significantly so right, this main but... event is better um, next fight's a fun one too in the Bantamweight division. Kyung Ho Kang taking on Christian Quinones. Mm. Odds for this one have Quinones as the favorite, um, minus one fifty eight for for Mexico, plus one thirty eight for South Korea. Here, got a nice international fight going on. What do you, yeah. who you got here? This is great. I would love to see. Um, did these guys play in the World Cup? No, but I would love to see it in the in the following World Cup here in North America. You know, I, I would definitely root for my uh, for my uh, North American brethren. Um, but obviously, you know, Martian, the Koreans, they've been moving up the power rankings uh, in, in, in a lot of a uh, lot of aspects. Right. You know, socially, economically, uh, you know, all these elites, you know, we, we started touching on a few of those last week. Um, <laughs> and, and this one, though, for this fight, I don't have a clear read. Like, honestly, I don't want to root for Kung Ho Kong. I don't like Kung Ho Kong. Um, I don't like his style. I don't like I don't like anything about him really too much. Um, but, you know, and I like uh, Christian Quinones. I think he's cool. I think he's got good striking. You know, he's got some power. But realistically, man, he is he a, a prospect that is going to be, like, such an established veteran like Kung Ho Kong, who is well-rounded. But, like, similar to, like I said about Carlos Hernandez, he's been in many close fights before. And he's won some. He's lost some. But they've all been, you know, against very high-level guys in, you know, a lot of domains. So, again, don't think Christian Quinones really has anything that Kong Ho Kong hasn't really seen all that much. Yes, you know, maybe he has a little bit of a, you know, that Mexican sizzle, which is just like a unique kind of thing. Like, sometimes, like how Aldana kicked this stupid girl in the liver and shit. They just do weird shit. Like, they find different ways to do kind of stuff. But I don't really, I think most likely Christian Quinones is in a close fight here with Kong Ho Kong. And Kong Ho Kong, with his superior wrestling, you know, maybe comes on top in some of these grappling scenarios or maybe holds them against the fence. And he's probably the value side. But I'll, I'll throw it over to you. Yeah, I already bet Kong here. Um, 
He's he's much more experienced. You know, he is a little bit old. He's like I think 35, 36. Quinones is uh I believe only like 26 or 27. So, uh definitely yeah, 27. A lot more room for like potential improvements from Quinones. Uh, but the guy's been fighting for, you know, 10 years now. I mean, I don't think we're going to see any massive, you know, levels up in competition. Um, that fight against Long Zhao in the Contender Series, you know, he won that one really clearly. But I don't think he, you know, proved himself to be um, like anything special, especially on the feet. You know, I think that, uh, you know, a more skilled striker could give him some problems. You know, uh, Long Zhao landed, I think, like 35 leg kicks in that fight. Uh, What's, the had- What's the over here? What's the over here? Let's look at GT. Um, Minus two set or minus one seventy five. Um, mm, not bad. So, so Kang has a nice jab. He's got a nice leg kick. I think he's definitely more likely to have the grappling success here. I don't think we're gonna see Kang coming out shooting any takedowns. He's not a real reliable wrestler. Um, but we also haven't seen the guy you know fight a whole lot over the past several years. I think he you know this maybe guy will he will be shooting takedowns. He did his military service or some shit, so he was off for a few years. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, looking back over his fights, uh, he has hit takedowns in the majority of his fights. So hopefully he comes in, mixes in some takedowns here. I think his last win over uh, Dana was a good performance. I uh, thought, thought he looked real sharp in that one. Uh, and I just think I'm, I'm going with the experience of Kang here. I think he's got a little more ways to win the fight. Um, you know, but you, you know, Ozzy brought up some good points. You know, historically, he fights close. He does have a lot of decisions, split decisions, but we're getting him at pl- the plus money. I got him at almost plus 150, and I think that that's good here against Quinones. I got um, over, I got over two and a half at 180 or better. And then, or you could take GTD. But this, this fight, it, unless Quinones is catching Kong Ho Kong with a, like a guillotine or something like that, this fight is going the distance. No, that would shock me. Only Kang's only been finished two times in his career over twenty seven. This fights. fight, perfect. So max bet, put me down for four units. That's a good good matchup. We're moving along to the flyweight division next. Kind of a strange fight here. Jimmy Flick taking to Alessandro Costa. Uh, Costa is the favorite at minus two fifty. Flick plus two ten. I don't. I think Flick sucks. I think there's no price I would be interested in betting Flick at versus anybody. The guy Whoa. is just kind of a glass cannon. He's looking to submit you. He doesn't really have your wrestling. His strike is not durable. But also, I don't know a whole lot about Costa, uh, honestly. I mean, I've seen some of the guys fights, but I don't have a good read on them. I think I think he probably will put some hands on Flick here. It doesn't take much to knock out Flick. So I guess I guess Costa will will knock him out. Uh, but the price on that, I'm sure, is is juice to shit. It is plus 120, actually. So I don't know. I guess if there's any bet to be made, it is Costa. Uh, Costa do be chucking. Costa do be chucking. He be throwing hands. He throws hands. Um, you know, flicks. It just this is not the style of fight that I'm very interested in, especially when you're throwing in the this weight class and the guy who's retired and Jimmy Flick. This should be a very clear stay away. That's that's all I'm gonna give for that fight. Do you think Costa knocks him out? I have no idea. All right, we'll move along to the bantamweight division next. Hayoni Barcelos taking on Miles Johns. Uh, Barcelos is the favorite here at minus two twelve. Uh, coming back with Johns plus one eighty two. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking here? This is an interesting fight. Didn't see this one coming, especially after that horrible last Miles Johns fight. The last one. Or the the first fight where we learned of the James Krause scandal that we have not heard of anything since barely Martian. We've heard Dick Nada. So I don't know what's going on. Something's going on. Um anyway. So yeah, Miles Johns just never liked the guy. You know, the guy knows how to fight. I'm gonna give him credit. He knows how to win. You know, he knows how to throw the effective techniques. He's in shape. He's got a wrestling background, all these things. The guy's not really a fighter. You know, he doesn't really get in there mixing up. When he saw when, when he was fighting John Castaneda, Castaneda had this guy, you know, in space and started tagging him. And as soon as Maljean saw that he was kind of like not, you know, in the rhythm, he kind of was like, he folded the tent. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm really good. I'm done here. You know, I don't really need to fight too hard. You know, now Hione, Hione is really good. You know, he's very talented everywhere. Uh, throws hard, throws hard shots transitions well in between disciplines but he just got knocked out pretty tough hard you know i was feeling him earlier in the week at a little bit less of a minus you know number closer to the 200 but just maljan's another guy dude 
he's going to, if he doesn't think that he could beat Hayoni, and Hayoni ends up being a little tentative, Miles Johns will circle around, he'll throw calf kicks, he'll fucking, you know, try to throw big overhands, look real mean, you know, with his bald ass head. Um, and he'll do stuff to be competitive in the freaking fight. So, you know, I'm just going to avoid this fight as well. In terms of that. But I honestly, what's the, what's the over here? Um, do you have internet connection? Or is your internet work? It's a yeah, what's so, yeah, minus what's 170. Here? I think the over here is good. I'll go ahead and pull up the lines for the uh, rest of the fights here. Um, <laughs> main card time six fight main. Oh wait, no, I didn't even talk about this one. Oh, I think uh, Barcelona. Yeah, how about you? How about how about you, folks? How about Barcelos? Uh, probably gonna win this one really clearly. Um, I I mean he's just a way better, way better fighter. We saw what happened when he fought a step down in competition against Trevin Jones not that long ago, and I think Trevin Jones might honestly be better than Miles Johns. No, uh, but the, the no. way that Barcelos got knocked out by Umar, bro, I mean that was kind of a light punch. Uh, that that shot definitely wouldn't have, wouldn't have hurt me. Definitely wouldn't even knock me down. Uh, and then you know, not only did he get knocked out with the shot on the floor, his head also like bounced off the ground like as as hard as it possibly can. So I don't know. I'm a, I'm I guess there's a little bit of pause. He is you know deep into his career, 36 years old, coming off a knockout. So I don't think it's an easy spot to lay the juice. But I think that uh, Barcelos skill wise has all the potential to cover this uh, 210 price. If it got under 200, I think I would bet. Um, so let's hope it does. Um, first fight on the main card here, uh, Muslim Salikov taking on Nicholas Dalby, welterweight division. Muslim Salikov favored minus 190. Nicholas Dalby plus 165. So um, if you're looking at damage here, right, guys, like I th- isn't it evidently clear who does more damage? It's Muslim Salikov. He when he throws strikes, he hurts guys. Nicholas Dalby strikes, they're honestly really soft. They're extremely soft strikes. Uh don't know if he's ever ever hurt anybody, ever, honestly. Um but you know, it's just that I just think that that's a, that's something we should consider here right off the bat is that if uh, if Nicholas Dalby is winning this fight, considering he doesn't hurt guys, he's either gonna have to to gre- wrestle. Or to uh, use his cardio to his advantage, you know, just outpace Salikov down the stretch, which, which could happen. But if you just look at, at uh, Dalby's uh, career stats, if you look at his UFC page, I mean, the guy doesn't really land many takedowns. I mean, in, in his entire UFC career, uh, well, let's say in the past, in his in his most recent stretch of fights uh, since he came back to the UFC in 2019, he's landed two takedowns over the course of almost an hour and a half in the cage. So he's not a reliable wrestler at all. Um, so I don't think that you can really rely on him to hit takedowns here. And I think early on, he's probably going to get hit and, and hurt versus Salikov. So if you like Dalby, I would advise to wait for a live bet. I think he could come back here and, you know, hustle his way to a decision kind of like he did against Claudio Silva, like he did against Warley Alves. He even somehow squeaked out a decision over Daniel Rodriguez in controversial fashion. So, uh, oh, same with Oliveira. It's like all of his most recent wins are all kind of close decisions where he's just a fresher fighter down the stretch. So that could happen here, but I just envision him being a much better price live than he is pre-fight. Um, and, um, you know, Salikov, both these guys are old, but Salikov, I feel like might uh, be a little older in terms of fight years. Um, so I could see Dalby, you know, you know, pacing them down the stretch. The, the, the numbers on Dalby round two, round three are, are huge, 2,000, 2,500. So, um, yeah, I could see, I don't know. I, I would be, uh, I would say dog or pass for this one. Uh, what do you got? What do you got here? Uh, another interesting fight here, old man division, old man welterweights. Um, another fight that I kind of like the over here that goes distance. Obviously, Dolby. I mean, the fact that Dolby's like twenty one, like four and one or some shit like that, is kind of crazy when you think about it. Because this guy's not good at fighting. He's not good. Um, but uh, but he has not. If I have this correct, he um, he's never been finished, dude. So like he's never been finished. Yeah, he has Jesse Ron- Salak- Jesse Ronson finished him. But oh, so, uh, but yeah, they canceled that one. Yeah, actually, I was on Jesse Ronson in that fight. But yeah, that was because uh, Jesse Ronson, um, he's a southpaw, and Muslim Salikov is not a southpaw. Um, and that was with a submission, and Muslim Salikov does a no submission. Yeah, he did. Drop so him with a punch, he, you know he he does have a few. Yeah, I remember it was like a right hook. But uh, but yeah, but he also Muslim Salikov's biggest uh, you know, flaw I feel is him like tiring himself out. 
from trying to finish the other guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like hitting him with big shots or his output being high in early rounds. But I actually feel Dolby, he's just in a circle around a little bit. Maybe look to grab him a little bit, look to clinch um, and, and stymie some of that. So it is a little risky because Salikov could definitely put this dude's fucking lights out. You know, spin kick, a punch, a kick, a knee, anything. Um, but I, this is another fight that I just lean goes distance a bit more as uh as you know the best pick of the fight. Um, but I do think that Muslim, like you said, you know maybe he he's able to become. I just think this is gonna be a competitive fight, so I wouldn't want to lay the juice on you know taking this guy to win when Dolby he's kind of just elusive. If he feels that Salikov is like very sharp or um has his timing or is you know you know packing a lot of punch. Uh, he's just in a circle around and try to throw kicks to the body and shit, you know, in the legs. So he's got like a four inch reach advantage here as well. So I like goes distance here. Small bet, not 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 a huge uh, edge, but I I do think this will go over. Yeah, I agree. It sh- should go. Um, kind of think it'll be like a twenty nine twenty eight Salikov. He'll win the first two rounds, slow down to the third. Dolby will win the third, but it won't be enough. But it- it'll be cl- hot take. It'll be close. Um. Next fight, a fight I really like. Uh, Nicholas Mota taking on Manuel Torres. Torres is the favorite at, uh, I believe, minus 180, plus 155 on Nicholas Mota here. Uh, you're trying to start this one off. What are we thinking? Man, I think I would submit Manuel Torres. That Let me just go off that first of all. But I just, I don't think Nicholas Mota will. Um, and Nicholas Mota, you know, he's going to come in here. I think he's going to have to watch his body. I think that... Uh, Mano Torres is going to throw a lot of kicks here, you know, target the body of Nick and Smota. Um, But eventually, you know, it's going to be the classic fight where, you know, these guys are throwing like left hooks at the same time as each other and, you know, all these kinds of things. And when they're hitting each other, you're kind of like clenching your teeth and like, you know, getting your shoulders up because you're like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, one of these guys is about to get knocked out and it's just, you know, it's all about finding the right shot. So it's volatile. So I, but I can see, well, obviously when you think of that, you feel like it's closer to a coin flip and then you're like, I'll take the plus money with the Brazilian guy who's super fucking tough, has knocked out a bunch of guys before, um, has, you know, has knocked out guys in later rounds. So it makes sense to take Nicholas Moda. Um, but Nicholas Moda has also been knocked out more than Manuel Torres, but I don't give a fuck about that, honestly. Um, so I'll take Nicholas Moda here. I think small, you know, little bet on him here. Don't want to get too crazy with it. Um, because these are the kind of fights that kind of drive you crazy. Like you bet on them, you know, it's probably like, yeah, man, this is great value, this or that. But then you, over the course of a week, you talk yourself into it more. And these other motherfuckers are talking about it too. And then they're like, man, yeah, Nicholas Moda, he's so good. He's in there. They're going to be a firefight. He's, he's been there before, blah, 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 blah. And then he loses it, and he, when you add it and stuff, and then you just feel terrible about it. So just normal bet. There's variance here. The guy could get put out easily by the Mexican wave of that is Loco Torres. But we'll go with Nicholas Moda here to hand him an L here. Um, Brazilian versus Mexico, where you know Brazil traditionally have had the advantage. Yeah, so you hit on some gun points there. You missed the mark on some, um, but um, this is Nicholas Mota. That's why you're here. That's what, that's all yeah. I'll pol- here, I'll Marshall. polish it up for you. Um, okay, this cool. is Nicholas Mota. I love- um, it will be one of those situations where you get more confident in the week. You're going to add more, um, but it, he's going to win the fight. That's the thing that Ozzy got wrong about this one. Is he's going to win the fight? And I got a lot of thoughts about this one. First off, Nicholas Mota. Wow. Who has of these two guys who has fought in CFFC and who has won fights in CFFC? Whoa, it's Nicholas Mota, only one guy. Okay, yeah. And so Mota, just looking back on his career, he he was on tough back in 2015, early 2015. Uh, then he fought Holy in CFFC. Shit. Then he went to the Contender Series. He's been in the UFC for a few years now. I just think that you know he so tough. I would call it you know I wouldn't call it the highest level, but it's close. So he's been very very serious about MMA for for eight years now, and I think we're really we have a good idea of what kind of fighter he is. But a beating on Philly's fine, one of Philly's finest, uh, underrated guy Joe Lowry, right? That's his name. Yeah, I didn't know he was from Philly. Um, you didn't know that? Wow, he's from Jersey, I think. Close enough though. Um, yeah, we'll claim him. Um, but uh, he did beat up uh, Joe Selecki too. Is uh, who is is he New York or what? He's Jersey. Uh, Jersey. He is Jersey. Um, that motherfucker's in Jersey. So uh, 
so yeah, N- Nicholas Moda, I just think we have a good idea of where he's at as a fighter. We've seen him win fights late. We've seen him finish fights late. We've seen him win decisions. Manuel Torres, on the other hand, you know, I think this guy is improving, you know, from uh, his past few fights. I think he is getting better. He he realizes what he's good at, right? He He's a long offensive striker. He throws hands. He's got some quick hands. He's got power in his hands. But, uh, you know, at a certain point, it's going to stop working because all of his wins are first round finishes. The last time he went out of round one was almost five years ago and then he also got submitted instantly with a knee bar and with a heel hook in about 60 to 90 seconds two times uh within the past five years so uh, i just think that the 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 range of how good torres could be here is huge you know because if he gets out of round one and he's completely gassed out would that surprise anybody because it shouldn't the way he was fighting frank camacho he was throwing everything into every punch he was going at frank the entire time he was fighting like a madman and i don't think that he's going to keep that up over 15 minutes it's just very unlikely that someone can do that mota on the other hand he's a he's way more conservative he's more defensively sound he sees the shots coming at him and encounters with it. You saw what's the reach here? What's the reach? Oh, here? I think he's got a, I think he's got a big reach advantage. I'm pretty sure it's like seven or eight inches or something for for Torres. Torres. For Torres. Okay. Yeah. Um. No. That's the thing. Though. He's got that kick. Only three. He's got his legs are definitely much longer. Though. Um. So three three inches for him. Um. But. You know, I read, I read, I saw rewatching Moda's fight against uh, against Van Camp, and now Van Camp does suck, but he is he is a he is a <laughs> Van Camp. He's a tall, orthodox striker, and Emmanuel Torres oh. is a tall, orthodox striker, and we saw Moda. Shout out to Van Camp for making it to that fight, bro. We Shout out we to saw him. Nicholas Moda in that fight uh, make reads really early on. He you know he threw his left hand, and Cameron Van Camp was leaning his head straight back like that tall man's defense. So what did Moda do? He started faking the right hand, throwing the lead left hook or lead left hook and it was landed on the chin of 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 van camp multiple times and eventually put him out so i just think that's the that's what i like about him here is that mota i think he he's seeing stuff a lot better in the cage he's making reads he's defensively sound while torres is just throwing whatever he can at you to try to get you out of there but we have never seen torres uh when that doesn't work for him, when he can't get the guy out of there with punches early on, what happens? We have no idea. So I just think that there's a way more footage of Moda out there. He's more proven. He's fought way higher level guys throughout his career. And I just think he's actually might be the, even the sharper boxer between these two. Um, so I, I really like Moda here. Uh, I'll be adding some more. I, I got one unit on, on him at plus 135. Where is this guy training now? Where is he training Torres? now? Be, he, no, no, Moda. Uh, I don't know, but that's a good question. I think in America. I'm pretty sure in America. Speaking of Torres, I, I was about to apply for he, he trains a, at a job in Mexico. He trains at um wherever Ray Cefo Ray Cefo is a coach. Te- Maybe uh Tichi's Mexican some jujitsu. Some, um, somewhere in Vegas. Uh, Extreme Couture. Yeah. Extreme Couture. Somewhere in, yeah. Moda does? Yeah. All right, that's good. Bullish. All right, cool. Yeah. So it's Moda here, big time. Um how many fights we got left? Uh, four. Um, featherweight division next: Pat Sabatini, Lucas Almeida. Odds for this one: Sabatini is the favorite, minus two hundred seven. Almeida plus one seventy seven here. Uh, I think Pat's gonna wrestle this guy. Uh, you know, rewatching some of Almeida's fights. Uh, the guy is he's lethal on the feet. He throws heat, but on on the feet, he also gets really <laughs> wild, man. He he's he's putting everything into his shots, and I just think that's gonna open up opportunities for takedowns. I mean, if he's throwing these big left hooks, I just think Pat's gonna time that and shoot a takedown. And then what happens when Almeida's on bottom? You got to go back a few fights. This fight was in 2019, but he was fighting a guy who's not that good, Nico Cucuccio. And he got taken down several times. He got put on bottom. He got stuck on bottom. And I just think in that fight that if he was getting taken down by, you know, a regional tier, regional tier journeyman, then I think that uh, Sabatini will get him down over and over again. He will probably do bad things to him on top. And uh, I think Almeida isn't going to settle for, you know, just laying on bottom like Tristan Connolly and, and Tucker Lutz did. I think he's going to try to get up. So he might get try to get up. He might give up his back and get choked out. Uh, but I think that Almeida is gonna he's gonna come out hot. He's gonna get taken down, and I don't think he's gonna accept bottom. So I think there's a good fight, a good chance this fight finishes, a good chance it's gonna be a Pat sub. And I think Pat honestly is has the potential to cover this minus two hundred price. I think that he will win and cover here. So I'm going with the grappling of Pat. Interesting. This will be a good fight, I feel. This will be a good fight. I like both these guys. 
Why the hell does Almeida had all these fights canceled, though? This guy's had a bunch of fights canceled. I guess, okay, so Hugov, Feely injury, and then uh, who the... And then Dewaru. Oh, okay, so I guess it's never his fault. So just unfortunate luck for him. Um, yeah, you know, I, I like. I mean, I love Pat Sabatini's grappling. I mean, he's one of the honestly in the under one fifty five weight class. But when you mix in gra- uh, wrestling and uh, the jujitsu, one of the better guys. Um, like for example, like I would like him over even like Bryce Mitchell. I would probably p- take uh Pat Sabatini's grappling over like a guy like Bryce Mitchell. So I definitely feel Pat has top 15 level grappling um and he should be able to use it effectively against a guy here like almeida problem being or or the and the main thing like you said is that almeida doesn't really shut down offense you know i've talked in the past about you know maybe people who are negators versus you know whatever you know a different style so lucas almeida he's not a negator he's a you know a, a, a renegade guy he's like a rampage guy like he's looking to just be, be always on the gas pedal and, you know, hopefully catch you while you're trying to catch him. Um, so that's not a good style against grapplers, obviously, or someone who's better than you at jiu-jitsu and has a great gas tank like Pat. So I feel Pat probably will win this. Um, and w- a lot of the iterations, when he does win, he, he looks very dominant. So if, if you win this bet, you will feel very intelligent. So if you want to feel like that, maybe you bet on Pat Sabatini. All right. That's going to take us to uh, a next fight in the premier division of the UFC, the, <clears throat> which is, I do have trademark by the way, um, the middleweight division, uh, Christian Leroy Dan- Duncan taken on Armin Petrosian odds for this one have uh CLD minus 155 Armin Petrosian plus 135. Um, Man, hell of a fight here. Who who you got here? Strikers delight. Man, you say you say shit like that, not giving me credit. Like I'm not the first one who called this shit the middleweight, the middleweight takeover. Like I'm not the first one to call uh Mexico. Like I'm not the first one to call more leg locks and MMA. All these metas, all these changes. Um, you know how rest. Or, or, let me not even just keep you know listing all my predictions and all. Um, but anyway, yeah, Chrissy Roy Duncan here. We didn't really learn all that much about from his first fight. The, what I did learn is like in terms of like his speed and his um uh um level of comfort navigating the cage. I think that's that got you know th- thumbs up for me. It looked looked pretty good. He looked pretty slick in there. Um, and he's have a reach advantage here against Petrosian. I mean, this is a pretty good matchup for him. If we're being honest, I don't think people are really looking at at it that way. But how I see it as when a guy's a kickboxer like Duncan and he's got a reach advantage over you uh, or anyone, like anytime you're kickboxing a guy that you have a reach advantage over, it's hard for that other guy to land those like little bullshit ass inside leg kicks and all these other, you know, strikes that Petrosian throws that people love. They love the inside leg kicks. They love the fucking kicks where you're kicking a guy in his in his forearms and kicking him on the side of the freaking, you know, his delts and his shoulders and you know, all this other garbage. But that shit's not going to land when the guy's got, like, a five-inch reach advantage on you. Or you're going to have to be in, coming in close, and he's pretty freaking quick, you know, with, with countering punches. And to top that off, the dude Leroy Duncan is a better athlete, and he's probably a better grappler, too. So I kind of like him to win this fight, honestly. I, I'm pretty sure he's going to win. I mean, people are saying they really like Petrosian. I don't really see it, dude. I mean, you I, I mean, I'm never liked him. Uh, Chris Zero, if it keeps if it keeps coming down, yeah, I'll take him. What's your sure. buy point? Um, I mean, Why I don't know. Buy? I haven't been paying attention. Yeah, I thought it was got down under 150, right? It I did. Saw it, that, did. Right? it got to 130 at one point. Um, yeah, it got to 130. I just don't think Petrosian's that good, and when you take away some of his volume via the Leroy Duncan being quick. And having a reach advantage, uh, I don't see how this is a very good matchup for him. I think it's a unique matchup because both guys, uh, they're you know kickboxers, and throughout most of their career, all their opponents have have tried to grapple them, uh, try to punch, push them against the cage, try to take them down, 
very few guys they've fought very few guys i don't think leroy has ever fought somebody who hasn't tried to grapple him because he's just fought way more low-level guys in the cage warriors and they know that he's dangerous on the feet and they just try to clinch right away um but it's not that's not going to happen here i think these guys will stand at distance and trade with one another and uh, i think it's going to be uh, very telling to see how it goes because both these guys are, are just aren't used to that when someone's going to oblige in that distance striking and strike with them. So I'm interested to see how both guys look. Um, I think I slightly favor Petrosian if it stays at distance, just because I think we've seen a little bit more footage of him at distance, actually striking with guys, you know, going toe to toe. You know, he landed a lot of volume on Robocop. Did really well in that fight, even though I disagree with the decision there. Bro, he didn't land shit. He was landing inside leg kicks and kicks to his arms. Bro, kicks to the arms. Land, that scores, bro. That hurts. I, no, that kicked, shit does not fucking You ever got kicked in the arms, score. bro? But the thing, yeah, do you know how many points they got for that? Zero. Dick. No, nada. I submitted them. I submitted them. I submitted them. Do you think I MMA judges know the difference between land on the fucking arms, land on the body? Hell no, bro. These guys are idiots. All right, bro. You go you go with that. Well, well who won the, the fight, bro? The who arms. won the fight? Robo or Petrosian did. You you go with the kicks to the arms, bro. Well, it yeah. worked. It worked in that fight. And all right, this, we'll see. We'll see if it's gonna work. We'll see if it's gonna work on Saturday. How about that? It will, well, you're not even we'll betting. You're not even betting them, Saturday. bro. You're not even betting them. Yo, did you bet? I did. did you bet? I bet Petrosian, dickhead. Right now, right now. I will I'm I will double whatever you bet on Petrosian right now. Let me give me a second. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead. Lay, right lay the juice. Lay the juice. Right back. Lay that juice. Bro. I will. I will. I will. I will. Petrosian, bro. Petrosian doesn't even land. Dude, look at all the body strikes they, or leg kicks they give him. More than half of his strikes against Robocops were body and leg kicks. And he's going to do the same thing when he's at like a five or six inch reach advantage against a guy that's quicker than him. Has Christian Not Leroy Duncan ever beat somebody as good as Robocop? Bro, no, this, the answer is Petrosian no. didn't. Petrosian didn't beat Robocop. That's either. not what the check says, bro. The he check kicked, says win bonus. He, 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 he kicked up. He kicked him in the arm. The record says he did. The check he, says this guy, he did. This guy smashed his nose. Yo, Robocop threw less strikes to the head and land out way outlanded him. Like they legitimately marched him. Gave this guy credit for kicking this guy in the delts, and, and he like, got his hand raised, kicking him in his, kicking him in his gloves, dude. And uh, so this will be this Effective. will be a Petrosian decision. This will be a decision. You got to think if it goes to the decision, um, you it favors Petrosian. I think that if anyone why? if anyone's why? knocking why? anybody why? out, why would it favor? Why would it favor him if it go? Why? why because he lands be? more strikes. Easy, easy explanation. It's a striking fight. Whoever lands more strikes. How would it is more likely you sure to win. he's gonna land more strikes. Yeah, there that is uh, that is on the tape. If there's if there's somebody no, land, so you're you're super confident. If I'm, you know what, max bet, max bet Grizzly Roy Duncan. You got no bet, you got no bets bet. on the fight, bro. No, max, no I'm no gonna bets. max bet him. I'm max betting him. I'm max betting him. I'm max betting him. But um, yeah, this I'm is uh next fight, next fight. This is these are this is the hard hitting analysis uh that that happens when you watch what when analysis you watch tape. When you watch you tape. What analysis did you watch did you any fights? That he, that he did lands, you watch any fights? That he lands that he lands more strikes. You didn't watch okay, any we'll, fights of we'll, these boys. We'll, None of them. We'll, we'll 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 see. We'll see how many strikes he lands. Na in wait, without we'll looking, see. name one guy Leroy we'll Duncan see. fought before uh. Flurry, flurry. Nope, that's not his oh, fucking name. It's Curry, dickhead. Well, flurry. It's Curry, dickhead. Flurry. You don't even know. Flurry, flurry. You don't even know. There's a bunch. There's a bunch of them. Um, the, the the Jack White boy, the Jack White boy that got out grappled two times. Yeah, his, his name's Ke his name's Curry, bro. Curry, that's what no, I said. No, you said Furry. You said Flurry. Furry, don't know Will, shit. Will, don't know Furry, shit. He Curry. fought him two times, and it, he fought him I two said times. two times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but and he beat him. Well, may, maybe you'll learn his name after they fight for the third did, time. Did, did he or did he or did he not outgrapple him? Uh, who Flurry? No, he never fought Flurry. Uh, All right, okay. You, nice point there. You're going back on. In your we got the now. Armenians in the main event That's as well. Great. We're gonna go back to back with the Armenians in the 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 co-main events here. Um, we got Armand Sarukian taking on Joaquim Silva. Hell of a matchup we got here. Sarukian minus a thousand. Joaquim Silva plus seven hundred. I mean, Armand's gonna clown this guy. You know, if 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 Joaquim Silva was getting knocked out by Rick Glenn, then I think that he's probably gonna fucking dust 
get dusted versus Sarukin here. You know, I just don't see any possible way Silva wins. Silva could be a cool fighter. It's kind of kind of stupid they're giving him this fight, but it is short notice. It's what we're dealt with. How is how is Silva a cool fighter? You ever watch his fight against Jared Gordon, bro? It's a good good ass fight. That was like five, that was like five years ago. Good ass losing that good ass fight. It was one one heading into round three. Um so uh who you got? what's the what's the prediction here? There's no there's there's no real predictions to make in here other than uh you know probably this dude Saruki encounters this guy's kicks and, and lands a flush shot. But you never know. I mean the guy can be overconfident, run into a punch, walking himself is jacked, he's Brazilian. He's Neto BJJ, so he probably has some BJJ as well. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking Armin here, I'm still banking on this guy to get a submission at some point in the UFC. So maybe if he stuns Joaquin Silva, he'll go for a submission. Maybe not, but I hope he does. So if he does, I've been calling his first submission for a while. He'll eventually get one. I mean, the guy's just way too jacked and uh, good at grappling uh, to not. Um, so maybe this will be the one where you know you don't expect it when he's fighting Brazil. Yeah, when the way he beat Ismagulov was fucking incredible, honestly. Like he made Ismagulov look bad. Uh which uh you know somebody else might do in the near future here. You never know. Um moving on to the main event, another middleweight division fight. Not really one to get too excited about though, unfortunately. Marvin Vittori versus Jared Cannonier. Uh, odds for this one, Vittori minus 128, Cannonier plus 108. Kind of two-way action coming in, back and forth on these guys. Um, main event, who you got? You see, this is why you're clearly not the leader of the middleweight because you don't appreciate all no, the worst. Like the do. worst the fighters um, are, the better the fight in middleweight. Like that. Think about sure, it. Like, sure, like Izzy fights. Sure. Izzy fights aren't that great. Sure. But, uh, well, you're. Listen, you're t- you're copying the whole flow, so whatever. You could explain to me how the middleweight, you know, conundrum spectrum works. I got the, you I don't got know the trademark. You don't, you don't know. You don't know half of it, buddy. So you know, with this fight here, you know, obviously Jared Jared uh, Cannonier, he he he. You know what he's giving you. You know, he's fighting from both stances now. Pretty often, he's shopping the legs. He's kind of you know throwing with power. You know, in some rounds maybe throwing a little bit of more volume in other rounds. I, I honestly thought that he lost this Sean Strickland fight, but it was a close fight. It was a toss-up. It depends what kind of strikes you value a little bit more. Um, Vittori, I thought he lost his last fight, too. Um, I, really, I really think he lost that fight, though. I don't really think it's more It's like up for interpretation like uh, Jared's is, but people, you know, people are on the other side of the fence there. Here, I just really don't think that there's anything Marvin's going to really do to get that much respect. Uh, from uh, from Cannoneer. And then I think that he's much easier, even though people, I, I heard someone say that uh, uh, Vittori is like the similar style of Strickland, but better. I don't really understand that. Um, I feel Vittori is just way easier to hit than Sean Strickland in terms of, you know, Sean Strickland, he's got that like stupid Philly shell shit that he does. But he's kind of long a bit as well. And he kind of like bobs his head and like leans his head over his, his rear hip uh, pretty well. Whereas Vittori doesn't really do any of that stuff. Um, he's there to be body kick. Uh, he's there to be inside leg kick. And he's a kind of like a my turn, your turn kind of guy. But he he just, um, you know, he's just durable. So he could do shit like that. Um, so I, I probably prefer Cannoneer. I just think the odds are probably right. You know, you, you know the, the fight could break at any moment with, you know, maybe a few strikes here and there. Maybe a body kick by Vittori. Maybe a head, whatever. But uh, it probably goes the distance. It's probably Jared by decision. It'll probably be my favorite bet on the fight overall. But uh, I probably lay off this one if I don't go with a with a goes distance or over. Yeah, thinking thinking same thoughts here. Um, although I do think Cannonier money line, I think is going to be good for me. Um, but I, I just think this one's really likely to go with the decision. Um, you know, you hate to re- rely too 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 much on like past fights and just like kind of copy that over into the next fight. But, uh, you know, Vittori, his punches are extremely soft. This guy does not hurt anybody. Cannoneer is very durable of his own right. He's very hard to put away. Uh, and then Vittori, you know, has been you know known as one of the toughest guys, mm-hmm. one of the biggest blockheads in all of uh, the UFC. 
even even our boy Robert Whitaker was landing flush head kicks to the side of his head, and it, it hurt Marvin a little bit, but it never looked like Marvin was like actually going to get knocked out. This guy's chin is just uh, insane. It's just insane. So, I mean, the, the, the Paulo Costa fight, this guy's just been in so many fights where he's getting his head rattled around, and he just keeps chugging along. So I just think both these guys can absorb their best shots. Um, Cannoneer is the one with the, with the only slight possible finishing equity, but they have it at plus 200 guys. I mean, they think one out of every three fights Cannoneer finishes him inside the distance when Vittori over 25 fights, majority of them in the UFC never been finished at all. So I don't know where they get that number at. Um, you know, Cannoneer does have some good strikes. Uh, he hits hard of his own, right? I just don't think he's ever going to, you know, really put Mar uh, Marvin away here. But I do think the Cannon will be landing the better strikes throughout the fight. It'll be close, you know. Uh, I just think this is destined to be a split decision. Cannoneer's last fight against uh, Strickland, like Ozzy was talking about, he scored it for Strickland. You know, that fight, the judges had it 4-1 Cannoneer, 4-1 Strickland. So obviously, uh, there's a lot of open interpretation. Marvin Vittori, everyone in the world had that fight 29-28 uh, for uh, Delidze. And then the judges, one of the judges had a 30-27 Vittori. So both these guys, the judges are seeing very close fights that could be interpreted either way. So I think I'll go with the slight plus money in this one. Uh, I think that the goes the distance is probably the, the, the biggest value bet on the, on the fight. But I also like Cannoneer money line. Just think he's uh, the better striker of the two, honestly. It's going to land better throughout the fight. So um, I'll, I'll be going with with Cannoneer. Uh, but but it's I think it's going to be like a split decision or it's going to be really close. So don't go crazy on Cannoneer money line. I think I will end up with a bet on the goes the distance at minus 165. And that's going to do it for, for the podcast this week. Uh, 14 fights, a lot going on. I uh, got Bellator, got PFL. Anything interest you in those cards, Ozzy? Yeah, I got Sergio Pettis. Over uh, over Patricia, huh? That's it. Yeah, I think that's who he's fighting. Yeah, um, yeah. that's a good one. Uh, yeah, Patricia moving down to 135. Don't really get that there. But um, yeah, that's that'll be interesting. CFFC, uh, there's a, a jiu-jitsu card. Man, a whole lot of fights going on this weekend. How about you give the listeners a pick? How about you give them a pick? Um, okay, uh, there's a PFL fight. Um, there's a PFL fight. Uh, mm, I heard. It'll be um, Pinson, Pin Isaiah Ooh. Pinson over Denzel Freeman, Pinson. Homer pick, Homer pick. That's that. Um, we got a Philadelphia's own Patrick Brady fighting. Um, yeah. So uh, enjoy the enjoy the fights, everyone. A lot of fights going on this weekend. Hope you all enjoy them. Win some bets. We'll see you all before the next UFC event next week. And uh, have a good last week of Gemini season, Ozzy. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Peace out, everyone. Thank you.